0: Welcome everyone to the uh, the next installment of the YR Ride podcast. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Jake Hugert with us. Sorry, uh, we tried to do Twitter live, uh, that didn't work. So, anyways, we got Jake with us tonight. We're inside his house, so a little quieter. Um, Jake, thanks for getting on the podcast. Glad to be here. So I hear you've been listening to a few of them. Jake might be our our last installment of the series. And then uh, I look to wrap things up um, with one last podcast, unless someone else comes forward. So um, if you're interested, just give me uh, a shout, and uh, we'll get you on. But uh, yeah, with that, we're going to get started. And uh, what do we got to drink tonight?
1: Uh, we have my, my favorite summer wine. It's a uh, Gruner Veltliner. It's a white, crisp... light flavorful beverage since i thought we were going to be on the porch i figured it'd be good for the heat but uh, it's also good in air conditioning yeah for sure
0: thanks man yep you're a good host well um yeah thanks for joining Uh so really excited to get you on the pod um yeah I just, with when i think of jake i think of adventure rides i think of uh tenacity um just uh that uh, badassery so um really just wanting to get you on see what inspires you talk about uh history of cycling with you and things like that so if you want to uh do the resume question say uh you know who you are where you're from how you got into cycling
1: yeah so i grew up in birmingham i've been here since I was a year old um, and I was homeschooled first grade all the way through high school so um, I spent a lot of time riding my bike school work was done and mm-hmm. you know three four hours a day and uh, that was my primary outlet from you know the time I was 12 years old and uh, continues to this day really
0: yeah nice very nice um, so you've been riding for years and years. Non-stop or what?
1: Uh, there were definitely some breaks in there, you know. There were teenage years where I was more interested in um, cars or, you know, going to concerts and things like that, but yeah, I've ridden on and off for 20 years. I really just got serious into road riding maybe um, you know, 5 Five or so years ago, four years ago, maybe.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. I, um, I remember, oh, yeah. So Ned, the dog, is in the background. And, um, he's drinking his water. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I started riding when I moved down from Washington, D.C. to Birmingham, or back home, rather, I say, uh, It was, like, 2014, and then I remember riding with you in um, the Avondale ride in, like, 2016, 2015. Does that sound right?
1: Probably 16. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And did you do the A group usually?
1: Um, Not then, no. I was B's then. It was uh, 2018 before I started trying to hang with the A group there.
0: I think you had your... your, uh, Titanium bike though, right?
1: I did, yeah, for about a year. I rode the gravel frame, the titanium bike. Um, it was my do-it-all.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what made you go from, uh, you know, kind of recreational cyclists into getting more serious about it, though? Like, what what got you hooked?
1: Um, really, at first it was fitness for me. Um, I finished college and, uh, got into a regular work routine and didn't have the, you know, so when I was in college, I, I mountain biked a good bit and I spent a lot of time hiking for recreation and go out in the woods for long weekends and stuff, kind of lost that flexibility with the nine to five world. And, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I'd always loved cycling. So it was a an easy jump for me to turn that in, you know, from just a purely recreational to fitness. Yeah. And it's, it's really easy to just, you know, go out your front door and yeah. go for a ride.
0: So you, you talk about when you went hiking in the woods, did that let you get lost a little bit?
1: Sometimes I tried not to, but Yeah, like yeah.
0: literally not lost, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So does cycling help you do that just a teeny bit?
1: well it absolutely does now it's kind of so i got really serious about cycling on the road for fitness but then i discovered through um you know mountain biking with better fitness and yeah. <laughs> gravel riding um, and longer distance road stuff that you can get a uh, similar satisfaction to just hiking and yeah. exploring um, with a different mode of transportation
0: yeah yeah so Is there something about and we can we can get into like the gravel riding part because yeah like i said a few minutes ago when i think about jake I, i think about you know just putting yourself out there um taking risk is that something that appeals to you in that
1: to some degree i'm pretty risk averse these days um when i rode bmx um As a teenager, I was the one, you know, jumping down 10 or 15, 20 stairs and being a bit reckless. But, um, yeah, now I think the, what appeals to me is just going somewhere I've never been before. Whether it's, um, physically riding a brand new road I've never been down or riding in a new state, new city, um, or mentally, Mm -hmm. um, As we all know, you get into dark places occasionally, and um, I actually really enjoy that.
0: Nice, nice. When you're on a road bike compared to when you're on a... Let's say you hash up a a century on road and a century on gravel. Is that something you approach uh, mentally a little different?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'd say... um, it's strange to say it, but, like, road centuries are almost routine at this point. Um, gravel, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Right? Um, there are some gravel, you know, 70, 80, 100-mile rides that are, you know, regular routes, or at least in really familiar areas. Um, yeah. But.
0: Like the ones in Calera or whatever?
1: Clanton, yeah, Clanton's Clanton. really familiar. There's a couple good um, standard routes out in Silicaga, places like that. Um, but
0: that's not routine to me, but probably to you. Well, and it's
1: <laughs> well, it's not um, because like the weather has. A much bigger impact, yeah. you know, like yeah. you go on a hundred mile road ride and you know you're gonna stop in Springville and you're gonna stop, like, yeah, and Brompton. Yeah, uh, they're two stops, they're 35 miles apart, and you're gonna be going 18, 19, 20 miles an hour, so like everything is super predictable. Yeah, with um gravel, you never know, you're much more likely to have a mechanical issue. Um, oh gosh, yeah. you your water stop may be a spigot on the side of a church or, um, yeah, you know, some gas station that could have closed since the last time you visited. So yeah, keeps different what
0: like Google Maps says. Right. Anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Here's Ned again. Yeah, I'm I, I'm probably mentioned this every single podcast, but that gravel ride we did was like so cool. <laughs> the first stretch of gravel. And I'm like, uh, eh, I'll I'll put some fat tires on, some smoothest ti- smoothish tires on, and we get into, um, you know, mid leg level mud, and I'm like, uh, and it's like starting to rain. It didn't call for rain that morning. Sure, yeah, yeah it's but that, like, that's exactly it's what I
1: mean. Is like you crazy. don't you don't necessarily know what you're gonna get. Yeah, the roads, um. may have been graded since the last time you've been there they may be in the process of being graded you know did he just growl at me? (laughs) he's just mad I'm not petting him Um, okay (laughs) you know water retention is different on different roads different times different time of year so
0: yeah that was wacky it was like the first stretch of gravel and I am portaging my bike through mud and I get through that and I look back, and Dub is on the ground. <laughs> he like he just oh, yeah. he didn't take a tire track right, and he was on the ground. I was like, I just looked back under my elbow, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't um, call that. That's not a intro to gravel ride that you went on. You know, oh, wonderful. appreciate Like it. I mean, you did. All are have, gracious hosts, though. You and and Dub both did fantastic work, and that's why you know you were there we knew you'd be fine but um that's the stuff in Silicaga is not um gravel 101
0: no it was not it was great it was a great learning experience like you said you never know what you're going to get um and uh yeah so just part of that adventure so it gets you you never never know what you get is that something that kind of rings true to other parts of your life too or is that no. getting too philosophical? No, not really, actually.
1: <laughs> I no, I'm a I'm a pretty um, I don't know. I take a scientific approach to a lot of things in my life, you know. Okay. I really enjoy things like brewing beer, baking bread. I take meticulous notes when I do these things and like follow a strict process or a, you know, standard process every time. Okay. Um,
0: so this is like your one shot?
1: It, well, I'd say the the adventure is kind of a disruption. I mean, I do adventure in other ways, yeah. you know. I've yeah. always enjoyed backpacking and yeah. Um, still do. But I think that, yeah, that's part of why I love it, though, is because it's a break from mm-hmm. my normal...
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Um, and while we're talking, it might be a little technical, Um but um, we had a couple of uh, call-in questions about gravel riding.: Sure. And uh, Tom, Tom, he had a question. Uh, I want to know what Jake likes about bike packing and his de- desert Desert Island pack for a bike packing adventure.:
1: <laughs> Desert Island
0: pack. Um, well, so the worst case scenario.
1: so I've done, a, I've done a total of, of two. Bike packing trips i don't have a ton of experience there but um desert island
0: well what's your what's your ideal gravel setup not talking about the bike but maybe gear gear wise
1: um well it depends you know on whether we're doing 100 miles or i think bike is a good way to to put it um like what what the must-haves yeah. are and for me it's um, it depends on whether I'm with people or solo, but if I were solo, I would... Like, my um, extra weight would probably be in a Kindle.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. It has nothing to do with the bike itself, but I do really enjoy reading. Yeah. Um. And then gear is... The best gear is food. Mm. You know? I eat i found in the past year that like simple sugars and stuff work really well for me so i eat when, a lot of just real fruit mm-hmm. real nuts and you know so i eat a lot of lara bars um all the different flavors i really like the carrot cake one um oh oh nice yeah and then other than that i'm I try to keep things really simple. I love coffee. I'd love to, um, you know, take a bag of Domestique on every overnighter. But
0: Domestique, shout out.
1: Yep. Sponsor yeah. time. Sponsor. Um, but I typically end up with some really simple, uh, it's Mount Hagen uh, instant coffee. That's what I go to, an oatmeal for breakfast. Just standard, simple, easy to prepare foods.
0: Mm. Very very cool. Very cool. And Tom, Tom wants to know what size um I think he said tire.
1: Tire sizes. Oh also tires go to wheel size? Wheel size. He means tires. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tires. Um. Tom Tom. Come on. What <laughs> <laughs> 38s. 38s for almost all okay. gravel. Um, riding loaded, a loaded bike, I really did enjoy. Um, I have some Bruce Gordon Rockin' Roads that I've had for years that are 44s. Um, do they make those still? They do. Okay. Yeah. Um, Pan Racer makes them. Um, okay. So those I do like using on a loaded bike. The extra cushion is really nice. Like, you can just... You can bomb down rocky stuff um with you know an extra 18 pounds on your bike so
0: nice And those, there's a lot of tread on those tires too right yeah 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 I but remember, it's not, right
1: i don't think it has a terrible impact yeah. on rolling resistance
0: okay because they're kind of like cross-weaved right yeah they're not like
1: yeah, it's not like a mountain bike tire. Yeah. It's uh, they're well engineered. They're yeah. nice tires.
0: Pain Eraser. if Pain Eraser makes it, it's yeah. probably, it's probably pretty good. Um, anything else on gear? I, I, we plan on doing a Hunter Cole podcast someday too.
1: We'll let him cover all the gear. Um, <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I buy stuff I like and I keep it. Yeah, you know. Um, So good, simple foods, simple foods, um, not necessarily simple bikes, but good bikes. You know, my, I've had my titanium uh, twin six bike for uh, going on four years, I believe. Awesome. Uh, It's been through hell.
0: Nice. Is that a threaded bottom bracket?
1: No, it's PF30. Oh, Um, but
0: good luck with it.
1: Actually, yeah, I've had way better luck with it than with the. Uh, um, was it. Whatever's on my canyon, I forget. BB. Uh, 89. Whatever.
0: I wonder if the titanium helps it.
1: Titanium might help it. Um, I have thought about threading it for T47, now that's a thing, but. It hasn't given me any trouble.
0: Gotcha. Ned, Ned approves. Maybe not. Um, so I wanted to ask about Dirty Kanza, and this is a little bit of a surprise question that I didn't put out for you. Um, so it's been a year, right? It's been a year.
1: Over a year, yeah.
0: A little over a year since you weren't able to finish Dirty Kansas um, that day. How, has you, have you had a different viewpoint on that day or other rides that you like how you prepare for a ride or how you go into one
1: not really actually um i know that what killed me in that ride was hydration hydration and nutrition um so i have altered my nutrition a little bit that's part of why i eat lar bars instead of like loading up on all liquid nutrition okay which is was a large part of my caloric intake for Delta epic was just okay pure liquid yeah um, so I have gone to more solid foods um, but to be honest I still struggle a lot with uh, hydration and sodium especially now that we're here in summer again mm-hmm. like you just
0: sweat too much or yeah like just lose
1: well, it. I just lose it and haven't figured out how to replenish it properly so we did a century uh, Weekend before last, I think, and yeah, I was hoping to extend it to go an extra twenty miles, but by the end of it, I was I was toast, really, yeah, like,
0: but you got yeah. the fitness, right,
1: yeah, if it were sixty degrees every yeah. day, yeah, I could ride a thousand miles, but once it yeah. once it gets above um ninety or so, I'd really struggle to. Keep the gotcha. keep the nutrients.
0: So the diet's changed a little bit, but nothing nothing more beyond that.
1: No, not really. I, I think that um, one we haven't talked about was Mid-South. That one, that was one of the longest days on a bike I've had. You know, it was like...
0: Is that the one with the mud?
1: Tons of mud, peanut butter, 100 miles of peanut butter. Yeah, um, talk about it. It was 11 and a half hours, start to finish, um, and I had plenty of energy the entire time. No nutrition problems, you know, no gut rot, no hydration issues, so that one was pure grit. Awesome. Like,
0: no. what month of the year was that, and where was it?
1: It was in March in Stillwater, Oklahoma. That's right. Yeah it was it was cold at the start uh like upper 30s and not fun to start in upper 30s and raining um but you know it warmed up to mid 50s and still raining but um
0: but that's your sweet spot i guess the thing
1: the thing i have to figure out how to defeat is heat
0: okay anything more about that day Were you on your you were on your titanium bike, right? I was, yeah,
1: yeah. That was the most damage I've ever done to that bike in a day. Um, I basically replaced the entire drivetrain after that. I even like bent a tooth on my uh, wolf tooth front chainring. Like I have no idea how I did that. Um, Wow! There were times when the mud was so thick that the chain wouldn't make contact. Like wouldn't um, none of the teeth would go into the chain at all
0: like in the front or rear it would it'd probably just skip the tooth and just yeah bit the dust on the next one available you know what i'm saying no
1: telling but it was still rolling i was still pedaling after you know nice. 11 plus hours of that mess so um
0: was it like that the whole time
1: actually at the beginning when it was still raining um and the ground wasn't completely saturated. Uh, it wasn't that bad. Once it stopped raining and water just started, you know, running down and soaking into the mud, it is when it turned into peanut butter. And after, um, you know, 60 or so miles of it, I learned that the best spot to ride is actually the deepest water. Where the the mud was completely saturated and not as, not quite as squishy. I don't know. It's tough to explain.
0: Yeah. See, but you got that. You probably got that squishy layer on top, thin layer, and then it's like a hard layer underneath that, or something. Maybe that's what makes it slippery.
1: Maybe so. It was it was crazy crazy conditions.
0: But that's what that race is known for, right? Is that mud?
1: It is. They kind of, they have mud years and they have fast years. So, um, you know, I met, there's a a, a guy we met in um, Arkansas, John Montesi, who I met out there. He was also doing the race and um, he raced it in 2019 and said it was practically a road race. Mm. Um, wow. You know, finished with a 19 plus mile an hour gravel century time um yeah whereas we were doing like nine miles an hour this year so
0: that's a long day yeah but good temperatures for you
1: good temperatures
0: (laughs) um well I i had a next question about what's your ideal gravel setup but i think we already got that one but yeah, I mean,
1: I'll stick to the uh, the Twin Six Rando for a while longer. I do wish it was um, through axle, but I mean, people rode quick releases forever, and they they're fine. Yeah. So that's right. One by, forty two up front, ten forty two in the back. Hydraulic disc brakes. Lucky PF thirty bottom bracket that doesn't creak on me, and mm-hmm. I'm set.
0: Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, What's your your next goals in the sport? So COVID is going to be done, hopefully. We're going to get a vaccine. 2021 is going to happen. Just ideally, right? He's wincing at me. So 2021, do you have any plans for next year? Any big adventure races?
1: Um, next year no. Um last year I didn't finish Dirty Kanza and I also did not finish Delta Epic. Um at this point Delta Epic is still on for twenty twenty. And Okay. I don't know. I don't I don't think it's gonna get cancelled, so that's what I'm focusing on okay. right now.
0: Tell us about Delta Epic. When is it? What is it? What is it?
1: Yeah, it's a 300 mile gravel ride through Mississippi, oh. traverse a good chunk of the state. Um, and last year it was mid September and it was extremely hot. Um, heat index was in the like one teens. Um, yeah. And you go, there's a good. Gosh, I'd have to look at my my um, notes, but I believe it was a 70, 80 mile stretch in the hottest part of the day with just no water ah. um, from Rosedale to Indianola, Mississippi. Um, it got to the point where we were stopping and asking farmers that were harvesting their fields like for water and stuff, um, and that was it. I got defeated by the heat and hydration again. Um, so anyway, this year it's in October, mm-hmm. it's the first weekend in October. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always scheduled on the night of a full moon or as close to as possible because it starts at midnight, yeah, and you ride through the night. So the full yeah. moon provides um, a little bit of light, assuming it's not cloudy. Less battery power use, maybe. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's gonna be actually the. Weekend I did uh, Mid South or Land Run um, was basically the weekend before everything shut down for COVID. They almost called that race, um, but it was just right at that awkward time where we weren't sure how serious it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the only other event I'll do this year is Delta Epic, probably. Okay.
0: okay. Does it take you so like? When I do longer road rides, it seems like, speaking for myself, I have to have, like, build up the mental energy for it. Is that something that's rings true for you, too?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I do that through physical and mental training, right? Um, you build up to it. I'll do... Um, So right now, my plan before Delta Epic is to ride to this other race called the Skyway Epic in Sylacauga, Uh -uh. ride there at 60 miles, ride the mountain bike 100 miles, and then I will probably get a ride back home. Um, But that will be my both physical and mental training for Delta Epic. Like, you can't just go out and ride 300 miles yeah right you have to work your way up there
0: yeah yeah for sure just uh yeah if you're at the 250 mile mark where is your mind is it like i think tour pros get into this too or i've i've heard of like alex hauser Morton talk about it on one of their Rafa videos like their mind just like goes to these like wacky like dark slash wacky places that you never go so it's like you're pushing yourself you're pushing that towards the way into the ride instead of like at the 200 mile mark right like that's
1: you know, I That's never, what I would think about. <laughs> I can't say I've ever gotten like totally wacky on a ride. I feel like it's a constant battle um, against that dark place, right? Because you hurt after a while. And for me, you just have to sit up and see where you are, you know? Yeah. Like go back to that core desire for adventure and freedom and the new experience. Yeah. Uh, and realize where you are and what you're doing where you're going um and that trumps the pain and suffering yeah right
0: yeah that's great that's a good word i like that i think that could get us individually uh, you do that in your own way and yeah that's a great word yeah well, cool man um the only other question i had was I see you as a person who's gonna probably ride till you can't ride anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you... So when I'm thinking about myself, I'm gonna put myself out there, when I'm 85 years old, there's like certain things that I would want to remember about cycling. And is there something that you know, maybe you know, God willing, the Delta Epic, you know, that could be a success for you? Could be, and you could, is it something like that that could potentially you could remember? Is it something poignant that it, that's ever happened to you on the bike so far?
1: Poignant. <laughs> Um, you know I think I just look look at it fondly as a whole experience you know yeah Um, I've definitely had great individual moments over the years but really it's just the positive impact it's had on my life in general and the friendships I've formed you know through cycling there's a lot of people I wouldn't know if it weren't for riding bikes you among them right
0: right yeah for sure for sure so there's so many different circles in the drama kings and it's, uh, it's great how we all build off of each other and um, see each other's worlds. Um, you know, we got photographers and insurance agents and people in tech. and Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great.
1: I will experience. say though, talking about old age, like part yeah. of my inspiration for cycling is seeing these guys that are, um, you know, fifty five, sixty five years old, still out there. Yeah. Crushing. Like you know? Chris Shelton, right? Yeah. Chris Shelton. As much as we love to hate him, uh, Chad Hathorne <laughs> is a fast cyclist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, when I first, you know, started road cycling three or four years ago, he was fifty years old and left me in his dust, right? Okay. So Okay. Um I hope to have that old man strength yeah. in 25, 30 years and still be able to um, get out there and, um, you know, see new things.
0: Yeah, like Dave Parker.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he's a little young for old man strength, but...
0: He is. But are people like Phil Deeker, you know, the Sunk Coles guy. I mean, that dude he's have you heard him
1: I, I've heard the name I don't actually I don't really follow
0: check check him out so he did this like uh videos like land of 10,000 coals or something like that I don't know it was, check it out it's okay. like yeah I'll look it up or it's like I, I know what
1: Sont Coles is and I've heard the name so
0: check check Phil Deeker out he's another old guy
1: still crushing
0: oh yeah he's a he's crushing over Europe not over. Not, not in Delta Epic. I'm yeah. not sure what he could do in Delta Epic, but
1: it'd be a just a easy little stroll for him probably because that thing is flat as a pancake.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, very good, man. Anything else you wanna say?
1: Uh, no, that's was, all I got. Yeah,
0: we're we're at uh 34 minutes
1: or thereabouts, uh, and Ned, Ned. <laughs> Ned says that's enough, I think. Ned's like... You stop petting give me, me the again. the
0: stink-eyed, literally. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, man. I enjoyed and, it. And um, we'll see if anyone um, anyone else comes out of the woodwork to do one. Uh, would love to have you. But, um, yeah, I'll probably wind it up and do a little review one and a little monologue. And... Uh, yeah who knows uh maybe we'll get on the tour top subject again sometime soon um for now though i will say the criterion de dauphine is going on this week and it's a great yeah. warm-up for the tour
1: so, i i haven't paid much attention but i did see the crazy hail photos today
0: very the the guys that were very slow up the mountain were pelted with hail and uh bodily injuries ensued
1: that looked awful yeah i was, hope to never experience anything that extreme it was
0: it was on the uh col de la porte and it's like you know 10 percent climb or something like that for 30 minutes it's it's a heck of a climb
1: so. yeah that's rough insult to injury there for sure
0: yeah, yeah. definitely the gruppetto was slowly going through a hill so mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, the Criterium de is going on. And then, um, we got the tour in very late August. So, um, yeah, 28th, I think. So everyone's got two weeks to get their form for the tour. So any of us, I'm looking at you. Better hurry up. All right. Thanks, Jake. Sure thing. Yep. All right. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon.